Hello, my name is Edgar King and I am the lead pastor of Trinity Vineyard Church in Akuru. I am so grateful that you are um, tuning into our podcast today. Head over to our Facebook page and see some of the information that you may need if you're in Akuru and you'd like to join us. Nonetheless, we will still be on live for those who are unable to join us in person. Thank you very much. I hope this uh, installation of talks today will be a blessing to you. Good morning, Shady. Good morning if you're online. I'm Edgar King. If, um, if it's your first time here or you're joining us, I'm the lead pastor and yeah, I'm excited uh, this morning. Well, I wasn't when I came in, but now I am. Um, yeah, so uh, there are a few things that were said at the beginning and, and some of you were still having breakfast at home, so I'm just going to say them again. Uh, we, have a, we have a big party coming up on the 26th, and you are all invited. We want to, uh, last week we said that one of, the, one of the ways Jesus wants you to picture the kingdom of God is a party where God is the host and you are all invited, and we want to live that out as a community. So you're invited on the 26th, we'll have some uh, good nyamachoma, and, oh no, it, it, I think it's a sandwich. So uh, last night, uh, the chef decided things have changed, so it's not rice anymore. Oh, oh, God, okay, <laughs> sorry, got distracted, I thought, Ashley, I thought that was a cat, I was like, when did you break your, welcome back, Ashley, sorry. So uh, where was I? So I think it's a sandwich, and you're all invited, so, however, we know that this, we want that door open for anyone to walk in, yet we kind of need to know what we're preparing for. And we also just want to go, hey, if it's more than we expected, let's see what God will do with it. So please, let us know. If, if you're in here and you're planning to be in, let us know. There'll be ticketing. We're not ticketing so that people can come in. We're ticketing so that we know what to expect and then plan for anyone else who can come. Um, all right. So, uh, so we started this series uh, on the big story of the kingdom of God. And I said that this is the central story uh, of Scripture. This is the central story of all of Jesus' life, of all his messages. He was drawing a picture of the kingdom. He is the king of the kingdom. And by him coming, he inaugurated the kingdom of God. And, and, um, and I, I did mention that human beings, we are narrative creatures. We love good stories. We, we live out stories, you know. Every time we hear a good story, it captivates us. It makes us lean in. We are narrative creatures. That's why God in Jesus comes to us as a storytelling rabbi. Is that Rachel? Welcome back. Wow, okay. Okay, sorry. Got distracted again. So, uh, uh, yeah, what am I saying? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, God in Jesus comes to us as a storytelling rabbi, and that's great news. Because God knows human beings, and we love stories. It captivates us, it captures us, and it invites us to lean in. Guess what? Jesus started a revolution over 2,000 years ago, and it's still going on, right? Uh, Danny kept saying, you know, it's, Jesus is still forgiving sin. Jesus is still healing. Jesus is still wrecking us and, and drawing us to the Father. 
he started a revolution that changed the world, even those who don't believe he is God know that you cannot ignore Jesus. He, he is he's the best teacher the world has ever had. His life changed civilizations. A lot of... Uh, some, some of the greatest civilizations have been founded on, on the teachings. Of, even, as, even though some of them are trying to move away from that, they cannot ignore that the principles they've been founded on are the teachings of Jesus. And, you know, he didn't start this revolution with any tank. There was no trigger pulled. He had no PhD. He had no significant family name. What he did was telling a revolutionary story. He painted this picture of a different vision for living, a different vision of life. He painted this picture that kept people leaning in. Stories are that powerful, especially if it is the story of the kingdom of God. The story of the kingdom of God has the power, the kingdom of God itself has the power to change lives and change uh, civilizations and change generations. And also that makes me want to ask you, what story are you living out? What story are you leaning into? Because if one person can tell a revolutionary story and change generations, you should know that the story you're leaning into will impact generations too. So, what story are you living out? Anyway... I did mention that Jesus is telling this big story of the kingdom of God, but he constantly does that by telling small stories. So he's telling this big story by using uh, small stories called parables. And you know, um, last week I mentioned that we kind of all see ourselves in the parables. And, uh, and sometimes people think that Jesus used parables because they're easy to understand. That was not the point. How many times do you read a parable and you go, what is he saying here? What does this even mean? I still, you know, parables that I've heard from when I was young and I've used them uh, to teach, sometimes I still go, what is this? Jesus didn't use parables so that it's easy to understand. Um, look at his own words in Luke 8, 9 to 10. His disciples asked him, what the parable meant. He had just given a parable and, or, and he explained it to them. Then he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Because he had, he had just explained a parable. But to others, I speak in parables. So that, then Jesus quotes scripture, though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. Jesus isn't using parables to make it easy to understand. In fact, quite the contrary. And you'd think, an excellent teacher wants to actually be understood. I do a lot of work to make sure that what I communicate here is understood. So why would Jesus even do this? Why, if he is the most important message, if the kingdom of God is, is what all of creation has been about, why would Jesus then use parables if the aim is not to be understood? And I think a few reasons. One, have you ever realized that human beings ignore obvious things? So if it is very obvious, we'd ignore it. If it was, he, he's not making them obvious because obvious things, we ignore them. Think about the most interesting show that you have binged on. It's often full of a lot of suspense, right? And you think you've figured it out, and then you go, oh, wow, that, now I have to wait for the other one. I remember there's a TV series that was canceled many years ago. 
And I've never quite found anything like it. Um, so it was about two kids who were framed for uh, some terrorist activity. And throughout the series, we thought, I was watching this with a friend, we thought we had figured it out. That uh, 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 it's the uh, deputy director of the CIA, he's, he's, he's behind all this. And then at the end of the season, he's killed off. So you're, okay, then who is it? So you know what that does. You will buy the next uh, season. Those were those days when Netflix hadn't gotten to us, so we go to the uh, movie place and you get a whole CD. But that's the thing. That's, that's, what, that's what good stories do. You think you got it, and then you're like, oh, maybe I need to lean in. So parables are easy to remember. We see ourselves in them, but they're not necessarily easy to understand. So what is Jesus doing? He's inviting you to lean in. Some of these will take months. Some of these will take decades. It's, you know, sometimes decades later you're going, oh, I finally get what Jesus is saying. I finally see what God is saying about me. That's the point. He's inviting you to journey in, to wrestle with it, and also to surrender. Like, you know what? This is God's word. This is what Jesus says. To surrender, lean in, wrestle. That's the point of parables. Now, I also said last week that when I use the word kingdom of God, I'm not talking about a geographical place. I'm talking about the dynamic rule and reign of God. Where the presence of the king is, the kingdom of God has come. That's why everywhere Jesus went, he would say, behold, the kingdom of God has come. Where the presence of the king is, the kingdom of God has come. And so today, we're talking about the big story of the kingdom, and we will look at the one about the precious pearls and the valuable mineral. So Jesus, um, I pray that your, your, your spirit just reveals the heart of the Father to us. Come and do what only you can do. So Matthew 13, 44-46, Again, the kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field. By the way, I think today will be very short, so you should be excited. Um, oh, <laughs> I mean it. This time. Uh, again, the kingdom of God uh, is like treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Two short ones, but loaded. So let's see what truths we can pick out of it. One... Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is the most valuable thing we can come across. Let, let me, uh, let me uh, help us think of it like this. Think of the good life. When, you hear, when you're thinking about the good life, what comes to your mind? Now forget our narcissistic ideas of, oh, it's me on a fancy bike, or I'm on the beach with a... No, no, no. Just think of like what really is good life. Not the... Rolling in Dubai and, no, what really is good life? And if we think about it, it means there's no more war in Afghanistan. Because the will of God is happening. There's no coup in Guinea. 
There's no pandemic, and we don't have to wear these masks, and, and we don't have to argue about it. Raila is not running for president anymore. No, that was a joke. In fact, he's president forever. Both of those are not true. Those have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. The good life, your brother doesn't die of cancer. Heartbreaking miscarriages are a thing of the past. The orphan finds a home. That's a good life. When the will of God comes, when the presence of the king comes, that's a good life. Here's a picture that was painted by, by another prophet, Isaiah. Uh, this is, um, Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play uh, over the hole of the cobra, and the, and the weaned child shall put, on, uh, put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all the holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. This prophet is just painting a picture of there is peace, there is joy. All of creation is, is experiencing what, what God has always intended to, to bring on earth. I think Jesus is also saying, and, and the prophet is also saying, that your idea of the good life has nothing on the kingdom of God. Your idea of the good life has nothing on what God is inviting you to. It is the most valuable thing we could ever come across. If you think you've lived a good life, Jesus is saying you have no idea what you're being invited to. It's better than that. And so when Jesus came, he inaugurated the kingdom of God by word and speech. Everywhere he went, he would say, behold, the kingdom of God has come. In other moments, he would say, behold, the kingdom of God is coming. And we'll talk about that. But he inaugurated the kingdom of God. The king had come. The presence of God was with us, Emmanuel. And so he would heal the sick. He would uh, raise the dead. He would free people from demonic oppression. He would welcome those who were once excluded and say, you belong at this table. He would forgive those who are burdened by sin. And everybody was like, but only God can forgive. And he would go, yes, that's the point. The kingdom of God has come. And finally, uh, on the cross, he reconciled uh, creation to himself. He reconciled all of humanity to God. That is God's kingdom come. It's better than anything we can imagine. And this is the image Jesus is drawing with his story. Guess what? Your idea of the good life has nothing on what God is inviting you to. And all these are just signs pointing to the kingdom of God. Every time we see that happening still, these are signs pointing to the kingdom of God, that God has indeed come. When we pray for the sick and they get healed, the kingdom of God has come. When the orphan finds a home because uh, two parents have adopted them, the kingdom of God has come. And these are signs constantly pointing that the kingdom is here and constantly saying that the king is coming. 
Our idea of the good life has nothing on what God is bringing. And so even when we see these signs, it's, it's like if you've ever received healing, because sickness is a foretaste of death. When you receive healing, you're, you're receiving a foretaste of eternal life. But then we often fall sick again. So we're living in this tension of we're tasting the kingdom and we're longing for the kingdom. All these are signs of the kingdom being here and the kingdom coming. It's a reversal of everything that happened at the fall. And Jesus is saying that that is the... Your idea of the good life has nothing on what God is inviting us to. So, he's also saying it's possible and it's here and now and you're invited. That's one of the key things we were saying last weekend. You are invited. And it's quite unlike how the world does things. We talk about the, uh, the table of God where he is the host. And usually, not everybody gets to eat with a king. But in the kingdom of God, those who you think are in a, uh, couldn't eat with a king are at the table. They're invited. This is, the, this is the difference in the kingdom of God. It, we have no idea how beautiful it is. Because even cripples can sit at the table. And now that, that's a strange metaphor. But in Israel, at some point, cripples couldn't eat at the king's table. Until one day, David, uh, uh, who, who, who's, who in a small way represented and, uh, what, what, what God would come to do, brought a cripple at his table. That's the kind of invitation we have to the kingdom of God. So for all who are searching, for all, you know, there are people who think I've lived a good life, and God is just saying, you have no idea yet. This is the most valuable thing. And there are others who are saying, I am longing for real life. I am longing for what matters. I am longing to breathe again. And Jesus is saying, hey, you have no idea what I'm inviting you to. So that's why he says it's like a priceless pearl. You know, the guy who, was, who, who found the pearl was a merchant of these things. So he kind of knew what's valuable and what's not. Then he finds this one thing and he realizes that this is the most valuable thing he has ever seen. So much so that he sells everything he had. He sells all the other pearls he had, so he's no longer a merchant, just to own this. Jesus is saying if you're searching for real life, when you find the kingdom of God, when you accept this invitation, it's so good, it's worth selling everything else. And then there's also this idea that there's a stumbling on the kingdom of God. The, the other guy was just, he just found treasure in the field. There's also this idea that it's, it's not so much about what you do. It's, it's, it's there, and some, sometimes we stumble onto the kingdom of God. We weren't really searching. Some of you aren't really searching for God. You just went to church one day, or you listened to a friend one day, and you're like, whoa, this is something else. Their peace is something else. You just stumbled on it. It's like I remember praying for a friend, and, and when, they, when, when their headache, uh, headache left immediately, they were like, oh, my word. I, it's not there anymore. It's like, because it's, they weren't expecting it to happen, right? And so sometimes we stumble on the kingdom of God. Whether we stumble on the kingdom of God or we are searching for the kingdom of God, whether we stumble at life or we are searching for life, when we find it, Jesus is saying this is the most valuable thing there ever could be. That's the kind of invitation you've been given. In both stories, the kingdom of God is somewhat hidden. 
in the sense that it's not so obvious. Or how Paul says is that God uses the foolish things of this world. And I think we need to hear that over and over again. The things of the kingdom will often not make sense to our culture. The things of the kingdom will often not make sense even to, to just us in our, in our flesh and what we want and how we think life should work. It's not so obvious. It's often hidden. This person just found tre- uh, stumbled on treasure and it's like, oh my word, I didn't even know it's there. This person was, the other person was looking for a very expensive pearl, didn't think that there was one that is so valuable it would make him sell everything he had. There's a hidden nature of the kingdom of God. When you talk about the things of the kingdom, people around you will think you've lost it or you've forfeited the, the real life. Like, how are you not doing this? This is the thing. Because it's not so obvious. It doesn't look like, like real life. It, it's so hidden, but those who see it, or how Paul again puts it, for those who are being saved, this is the power of God. For those who are being saved, this is the power of God. You will not make sense. If your life completely makes sense to the people around you, you could be leaning on to a different story. If your life, if how you're leaning, if, if how you, the story you're living out completely makes sense even to you, you could be leaning into a different story. So the question is, what story are you leaning into? I think the church needs to wake up because it's, 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 it's interesting how, how people believe the right things, but how we live is just, it, it's, it's not surprising anyone. It's, it's the same as everyone else in the world. The only difference is that we lose two hours every Sunday morning. If our lives are completely making sense to the entire world around us, we, we just may be leaning onto a different story. The power of God transforms us so much, even against our very broken nature, and our view of family changes. Our view of politics changes. People who used to, you used to agree with will listen to you and go, what happened to you? You've become a liberal. What's wrong with you? You've become a conservative. What's wrong with you? It's because, it's because it's leaning into the kingdom, it's, you won't make sense to this world anymore. Um, leaning into the kingdom, as we lean in, the kingdom of God transforms us. Our idea of business changes. Our idea of sex changes. Our idea, everything about us changes and no longer makes sense to this world. Because it's not the obvious way to live. It's hidden. When you're busy going, hey, can I pray for you? And people say they're sick. You know, you know some, some people might go, oh, well, I've, I've never. Actually, some people will tell you, no one has ever offered that. I don't even think it works, but yeah, sure, have your way. It just, it just won't make sense. When you go, oh, wait, I, I, I need to just, you know, when you're trying to make a, an important decision, you're, go, you're going, I need to pray about this. People are like, what is that? It just won't make sense. It's not the obvious way to live. When you're quiet, quietly waiting for the, for the Holy Spirit to, 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 to just empower you, it's like the disciples are waiting... Uh, on Pentecost, it just wouldn't make sense. And then they come out empowered by the, power, by the Spirit of God, and they're talking, uh, 
what sounded like gibberish, and people are thinking, these people are drunk. If, if the world around you isn't saying you're drunk or being silly, you're leaning into a different story maybe. Because it's, it's just not so obvious. It's hidden. It's the foolish th- it sees the foolish things of this world. And God is okay using them. It, 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 it also comes from a place of just feeling that, that, knowing that there must be something more than this. There must be something more than the defeatism of this world that says suffering and pain is all there is. And so no one comes to the Father. There must be more than the materialism of this culture where it's all about make more, immerse more, collect more, just do it for yourself, make yourself happy. There must be more than this. There must be more than this idea that that all all there is is what you can see and touch. There must be more than this. And when you're searching for that, the kingdom of God is at hand. Another key facet of these stories of the kingdom that that we're reading today is that there is a trade. And the church doesn't talk much about the trade nowadays. There's a trade. All these two people in this story had to trade all they had to take what they, uh, what they had just discovered. So the first person stumbles on the kingdom, and he sells everything he has just to keep that piece of land and have, uh, own that treasure. The second person is searching for pearls, finds the, he, he's a merchant, and he sells everything he's got. He's no longer a merchant. He's just a pearl owner. There's a trade. No one takes hold of the kingdom without first letting go of everything you are. No one takes hold of the kingdom without first costing you, without it first costing you everything. It's not been said enough in in the last couple of days. You do not lean on the narrative of the kingdom and still lean on the narrative of this culture. Now I know that that that's a journey and but we need to realize you do not lean on the narrative of the kingdom and lean on the narrative of this culture. It's just incompatible. There's a trade. You do not lean on the narrative of the kingdom and, and at the same time lean on the narrative of your tribe. There's a trade. You do not lean on the narrative of the kingdom and, 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 and at the same time lean on the narrative of, of, of your political party. There, there's a trade. There's a giving of everything we are. And that's why the world will think, you've lost it. Even for those already leaning into the story of the kingdom of God, the next adventure God calls you to might cost you everything you've gathered to this point. And you're like, but God, God, God brought me here. God, you're the one who, 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 who said I could do this. You're the one who set this up. And it's like, yes, but now I'm asking for it because you're just about to enter another uh, uh, experience of the kingdom of God. It might cost you everything you've gotten to this point. What God might invite us as a church to might cost us everything we, we thought we were. And we have to get to a place where the narrative of this world, the things, our achievements, all that stuff, is, is, we're, holding, we're holding loosely to them. But even the gift of the Father, that we will love the Father more than the gift He gives. But even the gifts of the Father, we're like, well, if I stumble on the next adventure of the kingdom of God, I can let go of all this. And it will seem foolish. 
it'll seem foolish. Yet, the exchange, this is a willing exchange because of, of realizing just how much more valuable what God is inviting you to. It's not a... Now, I want us to be clear. The exchange will have some grief. I've, I've met two people at least in different times in this, in, in this church um, that had been, had been rejected by their family because they started following Jesus. One of them actually had to keep moving from town to town because his life was in danger. So let's be clear, there will be grieving. But it's a willing exchange because we can see the value of what God is inviting us to. So are you willing to exchange the identities you've had up until this point? Well, but everybody knows me as the big guy at the bar. I go and I chafua mez. Are you willing to exchange that identity for what God is inviting you to? But I'm the deal maker in this office and, you know, I cut a few corners, but everyone knows I'm the one who does it and that's how I'm making my living. Are you willing to exchange all those identities? Are you willing to exchange your lifestyle? Are you willing to exchange your achievements for what God is inviting you to? It's when, it's when we finally, like Jesus, say, uh, uh, it, it can be said of us, like of Jesus, that because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So there will be grief in the letting go. But because of the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. For some of you following Jesus or leaning into something of the kingdom of God will cost you your job because that life is just not, not compatible with what you're being invited to. It will be a bit of grief or maybe too much grief. But because of the joy set before us, this is, this is us finding him faithful, he who makes the promises. This is us saying, God, you're faithful. And I'm leaning into your kingdom. I'm leaning into your story. Let's do it. It reminds me of a time I was sitting with my friends. Uh, um, and we were talking about, they, they had just moved cities to plant a church. And it cost them. They lost friends. They lost, you know, they had to give up the job they were doing. And you're, you're, they were in this city with not many people they can talk to and all that stuff. And, and, you know, we were talking about that grief and how heavy it has been. And she said, so it, it was a couple, and she said, she said, but, but you see, let's not, let's not get it wrong. How much more have we been given? How much more have we received to, to just even be part of this story? And so if you're in a place where you're still not seeing the value, you can trust that the person who's making the promises is faithful. So lean in. You can trust that you're in good company because Jesus was looking at the joy set before him when he endured the cross. You see, it's, a, it's our joy to lose our lives because we find it in Jesus. That's the invitation. It's not believe the right thing that's important, but it's also surrender everything. That's how we take hold of the kingdom. That's how we sit at the table. I think that could be the difference between the guy who, who was at the table but not dressed for the party. It's like, yeah, I can, I can eat at this table, but just dressed like everybody else. Like, no, you are the king's table. All of you are invited, but it calls for an exchange. 
See, over time, as we lean, it's, and again, it's not going to happen overnight. Some things about you will change overnight. But as we lean into the story of the kingdom, as we're as we, as, as we finding our life in Jesus Christ, slowly, the life he's inviting you to becomes the only life that makes sense. It's like, yeah, I remember when that was all I lived for, but it just, I just don't find peace in that anymore. That's, that's the invitation. That's the trade that you're, you're being invited to make. I want to call the band back on stage. Ooh, wow. Too much for shorts. I'll try again. Let's just, let's just declare that this is the most valuable thing you will find. But it will look like foolishness to everyone around you. It will look like foolishness to you sometimes. People will tell you, come on, that, that couldn't happen. And let's also be clear, it's calling for a trade. It's calling for surrendering all you've been to that point, for the, uh, uh, focusing your eyes on the joy set before you. Why don't we stand? So, uh, someone who's been, who was influential in my life once said, you know, sometimes how you know that it's God inviting you to something, there's just so much fear because it looks stupid. What I want to invite you to this week is when you, when you sense those promptings, dare step into that You know, some, some of you have never, have never prayed for anyone because you're just thinking, does God still do that? Step into that space. Some of you have never received prayer because it's just like, yeah, it's, it's good to talk about healing. It's just pointless to try pray for healing. And it's, it's crazy that sometimes the church talks and sings about all these things, but we're just like, does it? And this is a space God is inviting all of us to, to lean into the things of the kingdom. Yet for some of you, it's an invitation to surrender. You can hear the Holy Spirit say, no, you're no longer the pearl merchant because you found the pearl of great price. You need to surrender this. And you're holding on to it so tight because it's been your identity, it's been, it's been how you made a living. It's, and Jesus is saying, you can trust me with this. So I want to pray and release us, yet you're invited, because I, I know it's gone quite over time, you're invited to sit and worship. Uh, the prayer team and I will go to the back, and anyone who needs prayer, we would love to pray with you. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your kingdom come. Lord, I pray that even now you break the hold 
of the things you're asking us to give up. You break the hold of identities we need to let go of and just take on yours. Break the hold of pride. Break the hold of fear. Father, let your kingdom come. bless you to go into this city to your families, to friends and strangers and lean into the quiet promptings of the Holy Spirit and it might look foolish but you're in good company you're in good company the story God has invited you to this week is bigger than we can imagine so follow Bless you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.